Today on the show, I'm going to talk about something that most people have a very superficial understanding of, and that is empathy and compassion. And then I'm going to relate it to self-awareness and how this is an important aspect of really understanding these in a deeper way. I rely on the generosity of you, the listeners, to help support this program. Typically, I travel around giving workshops and charging a fee for this. Here I am providing this content to you for free. All I ask is that you make a contribution. Give what you feel that you've received from the podcast. It could be the price of a yoga class. It could be more. Whatever you feel that you've gotten from it. You can go to the podcast website, thestoryofmepodcast.com, and on the contact page, there's a donate button. You can also find a link to this in the episode description. You can give in any currency, including Bitcoin, to help keep me out of the system. Please continue to support the podcast by sharing it with a friend. If you know someone that you think would enjoy the podcast, please share it with them. Help me spread the word. I would like to invite you to the German Kundalini Yoga Festival. It's on June 17th to the 21st. There will be many teachers sharing their experience and knowledge with you in different workshops. There will be lots of musicians there playing Kundalini Yoga music. And it'll be a great time to get together. The theme of the festival is yoga and freedom, which is very fitting after the last couple of years where all festivals have been canceled. We'll be able to get together and meet in person and uh, have a good time. I'll be teaching a workshop there and also selling my flutes and giving consultations in the bazaar. You can go to kundalini-yoga-festival.de to get more information. There will be a link in the episode description. Hope to see everyone there. Okay, so let's get to it. Beautiful am I Bountiful am I Blissful am I Why? Welcome to the show. For new listeners, my name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host. For old listeners, welcome back. It's good to have everyone with me today. I hope you all are doing well. Today, I wanted to talk about empathy, compassion, and its relationship to self-awareness. I think this is something that people often only have a very superficial understanding of or don't give it the importance that is necessary. Empathy and compassion have a significant effect on self-awareness. And if you're having difficulty in these aspects of relating to people in your experience, you're going to have difficulty understanding your habit patterns and getting over them and understanding really your deeper self. And so let's begin by talking about the definitions of these words and get into then some experiences that I'll share with you and one recently that got me really thinking about this and how it's a very big problem these days. And you'll be able to see this as we get into this. So first off, we look at empathy. And what is empathy? How do we define this? We talk about empathizing with people. And what are we talking about is feeling what they are experiencing or relating to their emotional experience. 
And this is a very important aspect of life because it helps us connect with people around us. If you're having difficulty empathizing with people, you're really having difficulty building deep relationships. And often this is a characteristic of a sociopath or a psychopath where they lack empathy. And we see this in today's society, not so much in the form of sociopath or psychopath, but really in the form of a narcissist, where they don't really care about things that are happening outside of them because it's the other person, it's not them. And we see this in the way we communicate. When someone follows an ideology or a political party or has a different way of living or thinking than you, what happens with a lot of people is then they discount that person in an aggressive way because they don't relate to them. They don't have this empathy. Even if the person is 100% wrong and you know this, it's important to empathize with their experience. Well, why do they feel this way? And why is this experience making them feel this way? Because if you don't get this deep into it, what you're doing is you're cutting off an aspect of yourself. Because what is the understanding of someone else is the reflection of understanding of yourself. And this is how it begins in the realm of self-awareness. The other thing that's important in this empathy is to really relate to people on an authentic level in a way that helps you connect with them, even if it's a short experience or a deep, long-term experience. It's important to have some form of connection. And so we can look at empathy as this way to connect, this way to feel what this other person is experiencing so that we can find some connection. In fact, many of the facial expressions that people have are a way for people to connect so that you can get feedback. Right? If you're sad and you're not verbally saying this, but someone can feel the sadness from the facial expressions, from your mannerisms, then they can give you some kind of connection to show that they empathize with you, that they have this connection with you. And this is one thing that I've always been, I've been saying for a long time about plastic surgery. We have a lot of people who are injecting this I don't know if they're still using Botox or whatever they're injecting in their face to paralyze the muscles in order to reduce the wrinkles. And what happens when you're paralyzing these muscles is that your facial expressions are not happening. In fact, I I can tell you when I'm looking at people who have this, you get a very strange feeling when you can talk to them and they're going through something maybe quite emotional but you can't see it on their face. And and this is important, the facial expressions, the micro-expressions. There are people who have studied this for long, long periods of time in very deep ways. In fact, through these micro-expressions, you can tell when the person is being deceptive or when they're experiencing a particular emotion that maybe conflicts with what they're communicating. But either way, 
what happens is that when these people paralyze aspects of their face to try to reduce the wrinkles, that the face is not moving in a natural way and the emotional connection that people will have with them will suffer. And I think we're, we're starting to see quite a bit of this and we're going to continue to see more of this because it's inevitable. If you're not really expressing the emotions on your face this way, how are your friends, how are your family going to connect with you? And it's going to hinder this experience. Empathy is important because we want to really connect with the people. We want to know what they're experiencing so we can get to the level that they're at and communicate with them. And like I said, there's many ways to really connect to feel this empathy. And one is looking at the facial expressions. And much of this is unconscious. We do this unconsciously. The other is feeling the way they're speaking and their their tone of voice. We can tell this person sounds sad or they sound depressed or they sound scared. You can tell by the speech patterns. You can tell by the breathing. If all you yogis out there know the, the breath is very important in determining your frame of mind. In fact, there's a form of yoga called Swara Yoga, which is all about examining the breath to determine the mental state and how to adjust this. Because what happens when you get nervous? What happens when you get scared? Your breath stops. Your breath changes. What happens when you get angry? The breath speeds up. And so there's all these reactions through your breath, which then affect your physiology, affect your temperament, affect your actions and your behavior. And so this is one other way to really connect. The other way is through the very subtle vibration. We talk about this in almost every episode, that you're a trillion atoms just vibrating so fast that you appear to be solid, but they're just vibrating. And what happens is Depending on your vibration, they vibrate differently. If you have particular thoughts in your mind, they'll vibrate a particular way. If you listen to some type of music or you chant a mantra, the vibration will adjust and change to this. And what we're doing in yoga, the whole process of yoga, is to learn how to train the mind to become more subtle and to become aware of the vibration, because everything is feeling. We call some feelings emotions, but everything is a feeling, because everything is a vibration. When you train your mind to be subtle, you start to feel all the vibrations within yourself, because this empathy is not just for other people. You need to learn to really understand yourself as well. Because right now, in every millimeter of your body, there's a vibration. But your conscious mind is so coarse that it doesn't feel the subtle vibrations. It only feels the very strong aches and pains and pleasures. But if you're able to cultivate this awareness, which you do in in meditation, you do in all these practices which really refine the concentration of the mind and the subtlety of the mind, specifically the vipassana meditation where you're really training the mind to go deeper and deeper within the body so that you can feel all the vibrations. So when you're doing this, you're connecting with them. And the more you cultivate the sensitivity of your mind, you can start to feel 
the vibration from other people. Because just like uh, a vibration of music coming out of a speaker, if that vibration is strong enough, you start to feel it. If you're standing in front of the speaker, if you've ever been to a big concert and you stand in front of the big speaker that's, that's playing, you can feel like a wind almost hitting you. And this is a very coarse example. But when you tune your mind in to be very subtle, you can start to feel the vibration coming off of people. And, and you can create the subtle awareness. And you hear about this, especially people doing yoga you'll, or that are in this process of self-awareness and doing some practice. They will speak often saying, oh, I'm an empath or I'm so sensitive, I, I get overwhelmed or I feel what's going on with other people. And this also then gets into the extremes where people say, oh, I feel so much that I can't be around certain types of people or in certain circumstances. And they may or may not be feeling this or experiencing this. Often what happens is they do experience this, but when they talk about then saying, well, I can't be around this type of person because I feel the, uh, their their vibration or I feel this aspect of, of their experience too strongly and it affects me. When you get into this, what you're really talking about is a corruption of empathy because you've turned it into being a victim. You've turned whatever is going on with that other person into an aspect that is now victimizing you. And often people do this because they don't know how to deal with these feelings that they're experiencing that are the result of what the people in your environment are experiencing. So you're feeling overwhelmed. And so you say, oh, I can't be around this type of person, but this is the victim mentality. And the reason I say that is because it's like things are happening to you, that you have no control over this. What typically is happening is there is some aspect of what you're experiencing that relates to something deep inside of you. And so it's bringing something out that you haven't dealt with or that you haven't fully gone through or you're not able to even see it. And so you then project it as something is happening to me. And so this is where this empathy gets corrupted. And I think I've given this example before that, you know, imagine if you're a healthy person, you're eating right, you're sleeping well, your psychology is nice and balanced, and you're, you're physically and mentally healthy, and you're in a room with people who or someone who has the flu. Now, the probability is that you will not catch it because you're healthy. But now imagine you're in that same position. You haven't been sleeping well. You're not eating right mentally. Maybe you're unbalanced. And then you're more susceptible to getting sick. And we see this a lot. So what is happening then when you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling that you can't be in this environment because you empathize too much? What it's saying is that you're a victim. You're acting like a victim, that you have this victim mentality in this aspect. And it's either because something that you haven't dealt with that relates to this, or that you don't know how to really be open and vulnerable without being affected by what's happening. And so you have to learn how do I get balanced 
to not be affected by what's happening in the environment. And this is one thing that I've commented on with friends and, and people who ask me if I follow astrology and I believe in astrology. And, you know, I read the the, the year you're born with the Chinese astrology or the month you're born with Western astrology. And, and yeah, those attributes do correlate, I, I know, in myself and I've seen with many other people, not all of them maybe, but many of the attributes people connect with. But then when people start to talk about, oh, the sun is in retrograde or the sun is this way or the moon or Mars, I don't really know. I haven't studied it that much. But they start talking about, I see people posting this on, on Facebook and, and social media. Oh, the reason this week has been so bad for me is because Mars is this way and the moon is this way and the Jupiter is this way. And I, I believe that the alignment of the planets changes the, I don't know if you want to say gravitational effect or the vibration because of the alignment of all these planets, it does have some effect. I mean, we can see this when we examine people that are born in a certain month and they have a certain attribute. We can see this, there's a way of gardening where you plant particular vegetables in, in particular months based on the alignment of the planets. And this has a documented scientific result that is significant. So there is something to the alignment and the pull of the planets. But I don't pay so much attention to this because I, I look at that if the planets are in a certain alignment, which has a negative uh, or creates a negative vibration for the society, in that particular day or month or week or whatever it is, I try not to pay attention to that because what I want to do is I want to be able to not be reactive to outside forces. And I look at it as like surfing on a wave. The wave may get bigger, get smaller, bend a certain way, but you you don't say, oh, I'm getting thrown because this is happening, or I can't stand up because this is happening. What you try to do is this. you try to balance and change your balance, change your feet uh, movement or, or the placement of your feet to adjust. And so this is what I like to do is, is not to be focused on what is happening with the alignment of the planets, but think about just how am I reacting? And if I'm reacting, why am I reacting? And so this is the, the same thing when we get back into empathy. If you're saying that you're having difficulty being around certain types of environments or people because you empathize too much, I would really look at what you're reacting to and why you're reacting to this because there's something there that you haven't learned how to find balance in. And it's affecting your capacity to be open because you may be more sensitive than most people, but this is a gift. It's funny because when I counsel people, I'll get a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I'm overly sensitive. I'm too sensitive. And yet they're going to yoga. They're coming to me for counseling. I said, well, how can you be too sensitive when the whole point of yoga is going from the coarse to the subtle? And so the process of yoga is, is becoming more and more sensitive. This is the goal. And so you're working towards that goal, but you're condemning it at the same moment. 
And so you need to learn how to embrace this sensitivity, but not be affected by it to the point where it is changing your behavior to enact these habit patterns that are not helping you. Empathy is important, and you need to learn how to be open and vulnerable to really be present and to see what is really happening in the communication of the person that you're with. And this is important in relationships, whether it's your partner, your family, or, or, or friends, or even co-workers. When you learn how to really read the subtleties of the facial expressions of the vibration and the tone of the voice, all this type of stuff, you're able to really understand that person and empathize with them much deeper. And this leads us to compassion. So we need to learn how to empathize in order then to have compassion. Because when we have this compassion, what is compassion? But the compassion is not just connecting with someone suffering, but wanting or feeling motivated to relieve that suffering. And this is really the difference between empathy and compassion. Empathy is all about just being able to connect and feel the emotions of another person, where compassion is then when you feel these is the thoughts that come from it, the thoughts that come from feeling motivated or feeling inspired to help relieve their suffering. When I think of compassion, what I'd like to think about is the sun. So we can look at the sun and let's imagine that the sun is love. And then the rays of the sun would be compassion. Because when you love yourself, you're full of this love. What comes out are the rays of compassion. The rays that connect you to wanting to help people feel love, to feel comforted, to feel better about whatever situation they're going through. And I had an experience about 25 years ago when I first started to do kundalini yoga. It was the first time I really was doing yoga at all, besides just meditating. And I would go in to a yoga center Friday after work and, and do yoga, and I would come home and I wouldn't even want to go out that evening. I'd want to just stay home because I felt so good and peaceful. I wanted to just be alone and enjoy this sensation. And so I would do this uh, for quite a few months. I started to, when I started doing yoga, I would do this. And so I'd get home and I'd have dinner and I watch a little TV and they would have these TV programs where they still have them on, on TV, I'm sure. In fact, I think they have many more of them where they show some crime and then they walk you through the crime and all the people involved in the crime and, and interview the, the police officers, the family members, and then even the person maybe who committed the crime. And just to kind of put this story together, and it's interesting sometimes how they investigated, how they figured this out. And there was this one I was watching. And again, like I said, I had just come from doing yoga and feeling very open and peaceful. And they had this case, it was a murder case, and they went through the whole case. It was quite interesting. And then at the end, they interviewed the man who committed the murder, and he was in jail. And, you know, I come from the United States, and many people in the United States 
are for capital punishment, right? If someone murders you, we should kill them. We should put them in jail for life. And and I, I thought this way for, for a big part of my life up until this point. And so I'm watching this, and I'm, I'm feeling more open and more sensitive to what's going on. And when this kid who committed the murder is talking, I'm starting to empathize with his feelings, what his struggle in life was, how he got to this point. And I'm not saying that I agree that he should have murdered someone or, or, or that, you know, it gives him the right to do this. I'm not saying any of that. There's no judgment. And we'll get into this judgment in, in just uh, a little later in this this conversation because it's very important. But I started to really empathize with this kid. Strolly talked about his childhood. He talked about his life. And while there's many people who go through difficult lives and don't do what he did, that's not the point. I'm not judging. I'm just trying to feel what he's experiencing. Because I did have an experience where I had a conversation with someone unknowingly moments after they killed someone. And the feeling that you get from the, I got from this person, they didn't tell me this, but I, I learned it because when they came up to me, I, I felt very, I can feel that this person, something had happened. I mean, the the vibration that happens when someone commits an act like this, you have to think what is going on, what kind of mind would do something like that, and then how does the mind react to that? And, and so later in life, I, I, I think I told this story on, the, on this podcast before uh, when I talked about reading hands, but you start to feel this, this vibration of this person, and I started to empathize. And you empathize with their struggle, what they're going on, their suffering, and it changed my perspective in life. I've empathized with people throughout my life at different points, but never to this extent at this moment in the life, to the fact that it really changed a perspective I had on life where I was for the death penalty, and now my mind was changed. And I started to really understand what people go through and how, not that what they do is right, but just the suffering and the kind of mind that it took them to do this and that deep down, even if this person regretted it, but even if they didn't regret it, I've watched interviews with people who didn't regret some bad behavior. When people don't regret it or don't have remorse for doing something like that, it's because they don't understand the harm they're doing to themselves and to other people. And it's just ignorance. It's not evil. There's no good and evil. It's just ignorance and understanding, and they're just ignorant. And so you have to then have empathy for their ignorance and think about the suffering that this ignorance has brought to their life, whether they're uh, regretting it with remorse or not. You, you can still empathize with the person, no matter how bad their behavior was. And so this was the first time I really empathized in such a powerful way that it consciously changed my opinion of something very fast. Not saying that this probably didn't happen before this in some way, but at this point, it's just something that was very memorable because I understood the state I was in being very open and vulnerable and really connecting without judgment at this moment. And then you have compassion because then I started to watch this and said, you know how many people are probably in prison like this that are suffering 
and they just need someone to help them, to talk to them. And I wanted to go into the prisons to teach yoga. And I still want to do this. Uh, unfortunately, I, I wound up uh, moving to Europe shortly after this, so I couldn't do it. And now I move around so much. But one day I, I would like to do this because I, I think it's something that I, I can have compassion for these people who who have struggled. And I would like to, to be able to express some things that, that would make them look at themselves differently. And so this was really important. It shows you really the way empathy and compassion are vital because then you start to understand yourself better. You start to say, okay, well, maybe why am I being so hard on other people? And what is it about me? And you start looking at, okay, this is the relationship I had with my father growing up, or this is the then the relationship that I have with myself when I don't do things the way I should, or when I make my mistakes, or and so this empathy and compassion is very important in self awareness. And I've talked about this before. What what is the precursor to understanding is acceptance. If you want to understand something, you have to accept it. If there's judgment. You'll never understand it. Understanding only comes through acceptance. And if you can't empathize with someone and you can't have compassion for their experience, how well are you going to understand their behavior and how well are you going to understand your own? Because there's some form of relationship, especially if you have very strong reactions. Empathy and compassion are just as important as acceptance because they are a form of acceptance. And Compassion is not just for suffering that you agree with either. You should have compassion for all suffering, because if you're judging a particular type of suffering, you will continue in the darkness of ignorance. And this ignorance is going to create your own suffering. And this leads me to a couple other examples. So the first one is everyone, I think at least Americans that are listening to this, uh, understand who O.J. Simpson is, who who supposedly, or I don't know, can you say he did it? He was civilly, he was proved to be guilty, but uh, criminally, no, killing his his ex-wife and uh, her boyfriend or her friend. And uh, I remember the court trial. When they were having this trial, the father of the, the woman who was killed was very angry. Every day after the trial, he'd be on the steps of the courthouse in in such an angry way, saying how terrible O.J. Simpson is and how this system needs to put him in jail and, and put him uh, in the death row and all, all this kind of stuff. And you can see this guy, of course, was suffering. His daughter was, was killed in a violent way at a very young age. And I don't know who would not be angry at this. It's, it's, it's something very terrible. It's terrible. But his anger just continued over every day. You would see this anger, anger, even years later when they would interview him, this anger. And you think about what that anger does to him. So, of course, his daughter was killed in a very violent way. And, and But what is the anger doing? It's not going to bring her back. It's not going to put this man in jail or make him pay for it. But because he couldn't really empathize and have compassion for the situation, 
he's creating karma for himself. He's suffering, and he's creating a lot of suffering, uh, and it's going to affect his health. I haven't seen him in many, maybe decades. I don't remember the last time, but I just remember the suffering on the, this man's face. Then there was another case that happened years after this, where it was a family and their daughter was killed. And their daughter was, I think she was around eight or 10 years old, really young. And she was killed by the neighbor's kid. Now, the the family that had the daughter that was killed, they were Quakers. And the neighbor, I don't know if they were, I don't think they were Quakers. I'm not, I'm not sure. But the kid who did this of the family next door was like a, a, in his, I don't know, 20s or something like this. And, and he was an adult and he killed her. And I remember the father with the, the dead daughter came out. And this was maybe days after they, they caught this guy. And they came out. There is, they're having a press conference. And they said, well, it's terrible what happened to our daughter. We feel really bad about this, but we really have a sympathy for the family of this son who did this and for this this man who did this. And this was very genuine. You can feel it. You can see it in them. And they were just very kind people. And they just showed the empathy and the compassion that they had for the kid who who behaved in this bad way, and also the family that's left there. I mean, if your child does something like this to someone else, you have to feel bad. And so this family was 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 really empathizing and showing their compassion for the victimizer, for the victimizer's family. And how was this person's life afterwards? I'm sure he was sad his daughter was killed. He, he seemed genuinely sad. But the life was much more peaceful, and I'm sure they learned how to live with it much quicker, and they were able to have maybe more healthy, productive lives. And so it just shows you the importance to yourself for empathy and compassion, because what we want to do is we want to be peaceful. We want to be able to be peaceful no matter what is happening outside of us. And this is why I said compassion is not just for suffering that you agree with. You should have compassion for all suffering. And you should learn to empathize with this, with people's struggle. Because if you're judging it and you're condemning that person, it's not helping. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help them. And so this leads me to an example that happened just the other day. And that made me start to think about empathy, compassion, and its relationship to understanding. Because we look at society and we have a big problem with this. And there was a, I'm really, <laughs> I'm almost completely off of social media. I don't know why I went back on this day. And I saw a post and it had a picture of a black girl who was going, you know, like a school girl going to school. I don't know if this picture was from the 50s or the 60s or 40s, whatever it was. And there was a bunch of white girls giving her very mean looks and, and not wanting her because I guess this is when she was allowed to study in their school. And so it was a part of history. It was a black and white photo. And the caption is what really 
made me look at this. It said, bullied every day, never shut up a school. And he, I looked at this, and, and it really made me sad, this caption. Of course, it's I can empathize with what this this girl is, is was experiencing at this time. And I understand what this person is trying to say is that, wow, this must have been really bad bullying, but she didn't shoot up a school. So what's wrong with this other kid? Because as everyone knows, you know, there's another shooting in the U.S. Uh, I don't know how many people was it, 20 people got killed because of this kid. And I, I looked at this and I said, this comment, this posting lacks awareness and understanding and, and really has no compassion. And surprisingly enough, it was done by the website Kundalini Times, which I'm really surprised about. So I, I just posted something under the comments and, and said, you know, what had happened shooting up the school is a terrible thing. No one ever wants this, but this posting lacks awareness and understanding and compassion. And you need to have compassion for the suffering that this kid shot up the school probably went through. I mean, imagine what kind of mind it takes to do something like this. And I'm not saying it's right. He should have done it because of his abuse he's, he's uh, had over his lifetime. I'm, I'm not saying that. It's already happened. There's nothing I can do to change this. What I'm saying is we need to empathize with the suffering that this kid had, have compassion and say, well, this kid is going to have lifetimes of karma that's going to cause lots of problems. And who knows what really happened to him in his lifetime to get him to the state of mind. But, you know, this judgment saying, well, he's not as good as this girl is, is, is really lacks understanding, especially from a yoga website. If this wasn't on a yoga Facebook site, I, I may not have said anything. But I, I commented this way. And there are a few people that, that said, yeah, this is, this is kind of race baiting or this is, you know, and they put some comments like this. But one person responded to my comments and called me some names, uh, vulgar names, you know, and said, well, you retard, you ass, and, and all, all these things. If, if you look at this, it's, it's shocking. You know, how can you say that this person and that person, and, and very aggressively and violently, I don't even know who this person is. And the way I said what my posting was quite calm and quite peaceful and, and not really just saying that, you know, this lacks a little understanding and awareness, and here's a better way to look at this. And this person was, was really aggressive in the response with, to me. And in fact, if someone were to say this in, in, in front of me, I would think that they're going to be physically aggressive. That's how, how aggressive the words were, that if someone said this in front of me, I would think they're about to attack me. And uh, I couldn't imagine a calm voice saying this to me. And what it shows you is really this judgment that we have in society where everything is, you know, the other. Because he, I think he even said, oh, you, I don't know, he called me liberal or whatever he called me, but he tried to classify me. And this is what we're doing in society is we're trying to classify things so we can then discount them and, and call them a name. And what is that doing? If you look at the person's words of, of what they uh, projected onto me, 
I would say that this person is suffering quite a bit because how you speak to other people is a reflection of how you communicate with yourself. If you've studied uh, question-centered therapy, you understand this, and I studied this a little bit. And so if someone is communicating this aggressively and this negatively with someone else, imagine how they're speaking with themselves. And so this is what I, I did, is I started to empathize that, wow, this, this person is, is suffering. Then you look at their picture and they look like an angry person, but you know, I just had to put, you know, think about how you speak to other people. Is this reflection of how you communicate with yourself? And you need to be more kind with yourself. And uh, and that was my response. And then I got off the social media again. I'm barely on there now. That that is just surprising. It just shocked me. And and we see this this school that gets shot up, and and. There's the the politicians are saying, oh, we need to get rid of guns, and and a lot of people are, are saying this, and I I understand this. I understand that people think guns are the problem, but the guns are not the problem. And and I'm I'm talking, I'm someone who does not own a gun. I, I have been held up by a gun before. Almost, I don't know if I was how close I was to being shot, but was able to talk my way out of the situation. But I, I don't see this as a gun problem. I see this as a psychological problem. And this is where the empathy and compassion are important for this person who did this. Because if we want to really fix this situation, we have to understand it. And again, if you don't have this acceptance of it, you're never going to understand it. And most people don't know how to accept it. To say, okay, well, what happened to this person and what is what is the driving force for people who do this is is suicide you know what is murder but self-hate projected and, and this is the, the the focus or where the focus should be is that this person was so angry at himself so angry that it got projected externally and and why is that and we can look at a couple of things. I think it's it's like 99.99% of the people who do these mass shootings are on these psychotropic drugs. You know, these drugs for depression, these drugs for different mood disorders. And what do these drugs do is they disassociate you with your feelings. And so maybe you don't feel depressed so much, but you don't feel happy, you don't feel anything. And what is the common characteristic of serial killers is that they lack the capacity to empathize. And when you're taking these psychotropic drugs, what you're doing is you're disconnecting yourself from the way you feel. And if you can't connect to your own feelings, how connected are you to other people's? You know, you you're, you're have this lack of compassion, this lack of empathy for the other. So to harm them is like a video game. You don't feel it. And so this is where we should really begin, is it's a mental health issue. In fact, I've been saying for two years now that we're in a psychological crisis. You lock people up for two years, you take away their capacity to work, you be close to family, uh, they, they turn to drugs, alcohol, different problems, 
And now we're seeing the manifestation of the last two years, and it's going to continue. Because what did you do? They already said that children are having difficulty connecting emotionally because of the mask and because of staying home and not going to school, not being able to interact with people. And and this is happening to the level of, of newborns. Because how do newborns learn about emotion is from facial expressions. I saw every day all, all these parents, you know, holding their kid with a mask on. And, and this, this was, should have been a crime because what you're doing is you're harming that child. And we're going to see more and more of the manifestation of this. And so this becomes really the issue. And this is what we should be looking at is how to help people from a psychological perspective. We look at the these school shootings, and they're very sensational because they're they're traumatic because they're young kids, and there's no uh, meaning behind it. But really, it it only accounts for I think less than one percent of the shootings in the U.S. The majority of the shootings are suicides, and then the others are are like the kids who are in gangs and this type of stuff. But what we talk about this gun problem, it's not really so much a gun problem, and I don't agree that the guns should all be taken away. And not because I'm going to ever even own a gun, but we look at the last couple of years of what's happening, and you look at the difference between the U.S. and Australia and and the way it's policed. So in Australia, they took away all the guns, and in the U.S., they don't do this. And you see in Australia, especially during the last two years, when the police break into someone's house to arrest them or to stop them from doing something, they break in the house and they don't think twice about it. The police go in and they knock the door down and and they and and you can see the totalitarian uh, things that have happened in 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 Australia. Now you. Compare this to when the police go into an American's home or to someone's home in the United States, they hesitate because they may have a gun and they may shoot back. Where in Australia, there's no chance they have a gun, so there's no chance they can shoot back. Those police don't hesitate. And while that doesn't seem like something that's very important, think about now if you're a policeman in the United States and they're telling you to go in and, and arrest this person because they weren't wearing a mask when they went to the store or doing something stupid. You're going to think twice about it. You're thinking, am I going to risk my life for this? Because this guy may have a gun. Where in Australia, they don't have to think twice because there's no chance. And I think it's very important to have that moment of doubt in the police officer's mind. So if they're going to break into that house to stop some person, it better be worth it. It better be for something that's important because if it's not, they're going to resist themselves. And this is what we need. We need, if things get worse in this totalitarian push, that the people who are supposed to enforce this have hesitation. And we've seen this. There's interviews with many policemen in Canada and, and the United States and Europe where they said, I was, I'm not here to make sure someone's wearing a mask, and I'm not, this is not my job, and, and, and they resisted doing this. And so this is why I think 
to say that guns need to be all taken away from the American people, I, I, I don't agree with this. But we do need to really work on this health issue, the psychological crisis. And so we go back to this and you look at the United States has spent $50 billion to send military equipment to Ukraine. I think that $50 billion could have been a big step in trying to prevent the next shooting, whether it's through having a therapist at the schools to help the children, having uh, better systems in the schools so people can't get in and out with guns, whatever it, that may be. But there could be things done with this money that we're wasting on silly wars to help the people. And so this is what I see as, as having a big problem. And we need to begin with having this empathy that these people are suffering what has driven them to here? How can we have compassion to help people who are suffering like this? Because you can see that the politicians don't care. Uh, they just keep, oh, take all the guns away. Let's take out this type of gun or that type of gun. And you even see the, the, the policemen were not properly trained. They were waiting outside the school for an hour before they went in. <laughs> they, in fact, they, they handcuffed family members who were trying to go in to save their children were, were, were not really connecting. We're not learning how to understand what's going on with people, how to connect with them, and how to focus our resources to the things that are important, not fighting wars so one country can have more power over the other. We look at these organizations and this, this, these governments and instead of helping people, they're, they're harming people. And we need to find out a way that we can create a new paradigm where instead of having this judgment, we have compassion and say, how do we stop these kids from suffering so they don't shoot up a school? How do we create an environment where they can come and ask for help and have the help available? This is where the energy needs to, to be focused. Because we need to learn how, as a society, have empathy and compassion so that we can become aware enough as a group to help these types of people so that this behavior doesn't continue. But my feeling, unfortunately, is that it's going to get worse because of the direction that we're pushing people in. And uh, unfortunately, this is a big problem. You need to focus on your capacity to empathize so that you can shine this love that comes from you in the form of compassion, which creates awareness to yourself, to whatever environment or situation that you're looking at. And hopefully this alleviates the suffering and then creates an environment that is peaceful. But by judging someone's actions without this empathy and compassion, we'll never understand it. So these are the two lessons, is how to have this empathy and how to then use this empathy to reflect the love that you have in your heart through compassion, to create the self-awareness of what is going on with you and also the awareness of what's happening in our society. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me, 
They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. A limited time offer bonus. If you purchase a flute, I will give you a free 30-minute flute playing lesson through Skype. I know many people are a little apprehensive about buying a flute because they don't know how to begin playing, but here I will help you out, a free 30-minute lesson if you purchase now. Please mention this when you purchase your flute. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the program. Feel free to send me your feedback, what you think about empathy, compassion, and self-awareness, or what's happening in today's society, and answer to it. I'd love to hear from you. Again, please continue to support the podcast by making a donation. Go to thestoryofmepodcast.com, and on the contact page, there's a donate button. You can also find this link in the episode description from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. Light, light, light.